Morning. How are you? I'm talking to myself, actually, as usual in radio. I've got, I'm just saying, one of those days, yesterday was so nice, uh, and it wasn't quite as hot. Well, I didn't think it was quite as hot, and then it did warm up a little bit yesterday afternoon. And, uh, and all I kept worrying about all day was, oh, I hope Sarah Ferguson's all right. I, I mean, I, wor- I went home thinking, I don't know, have, have we all been a bit unkind to her? And I thought, no, we haven't. No, we haven't. Everybody- in fact, actually, we've actually been an awful lot better than the American press the American press lambasted her yesterday. This I took from the Evening Standard. They say here, not much sympathy for Fergie in New York. Forbes magazine tears into... This is Forbes magazine. This is the magazine read by the rich and the famous and the powerful. They called her a royal fool, a greedy, galumphing idiot, and vulgar to the power of a (sighs) hundred. However, the Forbes.com website is not much kinder about Prince Andrew. Referring to the trade envoy as one of life's rip-snorting armpit farters. Have you ever heard such an expression? You know what that is? That's when you know you know kids at school put their hand on. Oh, I never did that. It it actually suggests that in an early age the two of them could have trundled through life in landed circles. And why don't they just stay behind the wall so they don't have to come out? Because uh, actually, uh, Prince Andrew has come out the, this morning in the newspapers, having declined to answer any of the journalist's questions the other day when he, uh, when he popped out for a little one of his uh, uh, engagements. Doesn't exactly do that many. He spends most of his time playing golf and hiring helicopters. Known as, uh, In fact, they're both known as freeloaders. But I suppose if you've been brought up and there's no chance of Prince Andrew ever being king, what do you do? You're, you're, you're kind of stuck. It's your older brother... Who's, who's the one who's there. So you're desperately trying to make a name for yourself and you can't do it because everybody goes, you can't really do anything, can you, Poppet? And you go, I, uh, I don't know. I could probably do something. And they go, and you've married Sarah Ferguson. So she didn't do anything either. So they were both doomed from the start, like being Princess Margaret. She was never, ever going to be queen. So she sat there. She, uh, she slowly drunk herself into oblivion. She had long parties. She hung around, again, with all the wrong people, I've got a photograph of Princess Margaret on Mustique with a naked man either side of her. Because that's, because that's what they do, the, the royal... They, they just... They don't know how to let their hair down. They don't know how to go out and... It, like, you know, you and I, who know how to go out and sort of have a few drinks and become a bit let. They can't do that. The only time they ever did was on the It's a Royal Knockout, and we all know what a deep embarrassment that was for everybody. I mean, can you imagine the Queen doing that, running down? The, of course she wouldn't have done. So it was left up to the minor royals, who turned out to be a little bit hooray Henry and a little bit thick. And that, that's when it all changed. But the Queen Mother, one of the papers today, has actually said, of course, it's, it's what Sarah Ferguson's doing is actually nothing at all, except she hasn't learnt. From the, when, when the Queen Mother died, she was £7 million in debt because she had no idea what money was. She never carried money. She just thought that you kept by... She was royal. You know, I've got diamonds and tiaras and crowns, and I live in this big house with servants, and and you're bothering me with a trifle about we're overdrawn. Excuse me, my daughter is the queen. She lives in that big house over there. You know, deal with... Don't talk to me about it. And that's how they, they, they discuss it. They just... They closed themselves off. And unfortunately, poor old Sarah Ferguson, who again dropped herself in further trouble yesterday by announcing that she liked uh, children better than adults. Probably because that's her mental age. Because she doesn't, she doesn't know how to deal with adults. And I've seen her being interviewed by people. And she's quite stuck up. For somebody who, who in theory, her father was only a major, for God's sake, doesn't actually warrant being that snooty. But I suppose she learnt it from Andrew, who was always a little bit snooty and was always just known as Randy Andy. 
because he hung around with all the wrong types. In fact, you ask uh, Nick Ferrari, there is a newspaper picture, which I think The Sun printed some years ago, of Prince Andrew naked in Canada, together with his mates, and they've got a picture, and they had to... And it appeared in all the papers. Unfortunately, the British press is somewhat different from the Italian press. And there was a magazine that you could buy in Selfridges. And what it did, it printed embarrassing pictures of, of minor European royalty. You know, Prince Albert of Monaco start naked on his boat because they've got telephoto lenses. You know, people could get a real good close-up picture of me in here. You know, if it was the naked man over the road, he could take a picture of me. I don't know where he's gone, actually. I think he must have gone on holiday. Top up the tan. We'll, we'll, we'll look this morning in case the lights go on. But, they, but uh, whereas here, they had the picture of Prince Andrew in the paper... And covering the offending article uh, was a royal crown. They actually superimposed a crown over the top of it. Not so the Italian press. In this magazine, which was very similar to the German magazine Bunte, which prints all the... See, I know all these magazines because I worked in Germany, so I know exactly what they're like. And they didn't have any such qualms. So they printed... Yeah, but 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 this Italian one printed Prince Andrew start naked. Including, they also had a picture of Prince Charles start naked. And they printed it. And believe you me, the older brother's doing better. But anyway, so Prince Andrew was there, printing this magazine. You think, oh, if you, if you remember the royal family, you can't really do anything. It's like being kids' entertainer. You've got to go out, drink milk, and not go out with, with boys or girls or anybody. In fact, you just don't have a love life. Because you, unfortunately, are always going to attract attention. And no matter how big and how ugly she gets, Sarah Ferguson is a buffoon. She always was. She always will be. She's a bit jolly hockey sticks. But unfortunately, with that doesn't come intelligence. And when it comes to business, she's doing the same as the Queen Mother. What do you mean I've got to worry about this? Why? Listen, somebody's offering me $40,000. All I've got to do is introduce them to Andrew. You know, I live with Andrew. I've got a room. Apparently, she's alleged to have said to him on the phone the other day, listen, I can move out if you like. And he, how they know this, I've got no idea, is alleged to have said the other end of the phone, don't be so ridiculous, you've got a home here for life. Because quite clearly, she knows loads about him that nobody else does. Because she was married to him. Of course he's going to stick up for her. And that's why they're on the front page of the uh, papers this morning. I was out... To, I went to Richmond yesterday. I thought I'd go and buy some socks. Treat myself, you know. Woo-wee, socks. And I thought I'd go and get an ice cream. As I went down to see my friend Bridget. Because Bridget and Carlo have got this ice cream shop, you know, in the little alley. And he's got the clothes shop opposite. Where he does very, very smart... The shop is the size of this studio. Not that it helps you, but if you've seen it on, on YouTube, the studio, then you'll know exactly how big it is. And I walk in there yesterday, and Bridget was in there, and Carla was in there. And who was in there? Omar Jalili. And what was he having made? He was having a suit fitted for the uh, Sex in the City film premiere last night. Of course he remembered me. I walked in, Steve, Steve. I went, advert, Omar Jalili. Here you are, he, was, he looked really good. And uh, then Bridget took us next door for an ice cream, so we had an ice cream. And she's, she's not a well girl, is Bridget. Really not a well girl. She's got all sorts of problems. But the other day, she had a hypo. And, because uh, she's only just been recently diagnosed di- diabetic. And she dropped down. So much so, she said she couldn't remember what happened. It was that bad. She said, one minute, she said, I wasn't feeling very well. She said, then I woke up at half past seven at night. And it turned out she'd walked, up, walked upstairs to go and make some more ice cream and just collapsed. Luckily, somebody from the shop came up and found her and they, uh, they poured honey into her to get her back together as quick as possible. Because it's, it's quite dangerous. I quite worry for Bridget. Lovely, lovely girl. And we nipped round the corner. Went, went to the doctors. That's all I'll say about it. But we took an ice cream in there. So that was good. And, uh, and then the sun beat down. And, and I thought, it's too hot. I'm going in. 
hot weather and diabetes just don't mix at all. As anybody diabetic listening at the moment will tell you, it's not good. Mavis treated herself to some large American strawberries. Whilst waiting to pay, a woman at the next checkout leaned across, looked up and said loudly to a friend, she's got some of Steve's strawberries. And people came to have a look, she said, and they were a pound off the power of LBC. True, you see, these big strawberries, they're very good. We're going to, later on, Steve Hargrave has got some of the music from Eurovision. I watched a little bit last night. Iceland, Ray tells me, uh, that'll be the one to beat. He said it's fab camp, electro pop, high energy disco. It's a rather large woman, isn't it, Iceland? Singing very well. However, if they win, Iceland will be bankrupted. Because they haven't got any money, I'm afraid. So, you know, it could be sweet, sweet revenge. Let's make sure they win, shall we? OK, this is your opportunity. It's not very nice, no. Let's make sure, OK, because they actually didn't give any money back to all the people who lost millions and millions. They also disrupted our airspace. Everybody vote for Iceland, OK? Vote for Iceland, and then they can stage it in Reykjavik. And we can all go... We're not going there, you know. We just did it to sort of wind you up. Um, another one here. This is... Um, some of these I don't know. He said, that the, my own personal favourite, apart from Iceland, is Belgium. But it'll probably bore you. Apparently it came second in Belgium. <laughs> Says it all. And the British entry. Anybody going to vote for the British entry? We'll play it a little bit later on for you, and then you can make up your own mind. Apparently it looks great, but the song's a bit dire. Not a lot we can do about that, is there, I suppose? Not a lot. We don't mind. We don't mind. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We'll do the horse racing later. Find out whether, whether Claire gets a chocolate bar today. And, um... What else was I going to mention? Oh, they, uh, they, they sent Amanda Platel out to go and review Sex in the City. I wasn't going. Actually, uh, Ahmed said, was I going to go to the premiere? No. I probably will go see the film, even though I'm not a great fan of the, of the TV show. But the good news is, this morning, that Pizza on the Park has been given the opportunity to extend their lease. There was a, I've been to Pizza on the Park numerous times, numerous times, and uh, then it was announced the venue was to close in June. There was a wave of protests from journalists, and they've got a stay of execution. They're going to continue booking shows until the end of September. I don't know if you've ever been down there. It's just up by the Lanesborough Hotel, and it's set back a little bit. Peter, go there. should really go and check it out, because it's, it's really nice. We just want to sit down, listen to some jazz, and people playing. They've got Steve Ross down there, and uh, they've also got uh, Karen Akers singing uh, Cole Porter, all sorts of things. And it's not, not very, very expensive at all. You can go out have a nice pizza, being pizza on the park, and then you can uh, sit down and, uh, and enjoy some nice music. Don't get any music on this programme, in case you're a new listener. You know, if you're listening from overseas, hello. If you're a, a new listener to us in Guatemala, hello. Uh, or if you're listening to us around the world on holiday, I'm so happy for you. And for the rest of you, it's another day in London town. Not going to be as hot as it was yesterday. It's May the 26th, and it's a Wednesday. <laughs> Here's the headlines. More than a third of social workers and police officers say they feel powerless to intervene in child neglect cases. That's according to the organisation Action for Children. Former MP Una King will later unveil her bid to take on Boris Johnson as Labour's candidate in the London mayoral election 2012. And on day three of the five-day BA cabin crew strike, the airlines hinted it could be planning more court action to stop further walkouts. Let's have a check on the uh, roads for you this morning. It's Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning on the North Circle. Morning, everybody. It starts here. What starts here? The rows. The rows between minor celebrities. Bad news for Peter Andrex. Pete's, he turned up the other day to Westfield to launch his uh, new aftershave. 
Apparently it took him days and days to sort of work out, you know, the, the combination of bergamot and think, you know, it's got different notes on it. Probably it's got the name Peter Andre and that's a bit of a problem. And he, he claims, or people claim, that men don't buy aftershave, the wives buy it. Well, I don't think they do. I buy my own aftershave. Most people know. Anyway, how many people turned up to see Pete's? They were expecting hundreds at Westfield. Nine. Nine people turned up. Little bit of an embarrassment uh, because they timed it to fit in with half term, hoping that they were going to be screaming kids. And, yeah, Peter on. Nobody. Nine people standing in the queue and it, was, it just looked a bit disappointing. But anyway, he has revealed that he hasn't seen Harvey for ten weeks. Now, again, we have to point out, for legal reasons, it's not his son. Okay, He has no legal right over Harvey whatsoever. The reason that Jordan has said you can't see him is because she said... She's obviously, I mean, she's obviously just being difficult. She said that he has to get a uh, special nanny trained to deal with disabled Harvey's needs. Well, I don't want to be rude, but I'm, I feel I'm going to have to be because I've watched all the documentaries with Jordan. She treats him like a normal child. She feeds him. She bathes him. She does all the normal things. I'm not sure you need a nanny to deal with a disabled... He's, he's perfectly capable of doing lots of things for himself. I've, I get the feeling... Well, he's not blind totally. He's partially sighted. He can see things. And she deals with him. And Pete's dealt with him before. Why all of a sudden is she now imposing a restriction on whether or not uh, he can go and see him? So for ten weeks he's not gone there because she said, I want a special nanny. So apparently Pete's moving into a new house. A £3.5 million home in Brighton. Well, I thought you could have bought Brighton for £3.5 million. Where's a £3.5 million home in Brighton? Do tell me. I'd be fascinated. Yeah, but not on the seafront. On the seafront, it's all the, the cheap squatters and everything else. It's all a bit naff, I'm afraid. But why is it that we're now supposed to think, oh, Pete's a success, because he's moving into a three and a half million pound house? Do you think he's paying for it or do you think it's rented? I bet it's rented. I bet it's rented. Must be. Absolutely must be. And then, guess who else has crawled out the woodwork? Jack Tweed. Guess what he's saying this morning? According to the paper, he's been banned from seeing Jade Goody's sons because he says their dad is jealous of their closeness. No, darling, let me just explain this to you, Jack. I mean, I know you're not the brightest penny in the box. I know you're a bit stupid. We know you've been in prison twice. It's because of that. You're not a role model, OK? You, they're not your, your children. They're nothing to do with you. Whether or not you became close to them during the brief period you were with Jade Goody and that, uh, and that brief marriage, but uh, they're nothing to do with you, the children. They're, they're Jeff's children. Jeff with Jade. Nothing to do with you at all. In fact, to be honest with you, I think most people have advised him, keep them well away from you. He says here, I brought up those boys and missed them so much. What a load of spherical objects. He said, apparently they still talk about me and say I was a big part of their lives. I heard they never mention you, love. Heard they never mention you. Anyway, he's done an interview with the magazine. Why don't you just grow up? Why don't you just do the same as Sarah Ferguson and try and bring yourself into the adult world? Because I get really fed up with these stupid people all the time who seem to think that they can bring up somebody else's children. They're not your children, mate. Never will be. Never were. Oh, God, that's good. Oh, I got a bit worried, actually, about that. Wayne Rooney has, uh, has demonstrated that, uh, A, he could take his shirt off because he's got a new tattoo. And the new tattoo has got his son's name on there. Kai. And it's two hands clasped together. That's real bikey stuff, this. It really is horrible. It's naff. And uh, apparently, this new tattoo is a tribute to son Kai. I'm sure Kai's thrilled, actually. Kai Wayne. <laughs> Wayne, oh, doesn't matter. And uh, here, he says that um, Rooney helped design the body art with tattooist Arthur of Liverpool's parlour Equus. 
after being inspired by David Beckham's guardian angel, Pal says chuffed to bits. It's on his back, dear. Yeah, you could understand it was on a part of his anatomy. He could see. But it's on his back. I don't want to have to point out the patently obvious to the balding Wayne Rooney, whose wife, incidentally, the other day, is supposed to go to watch him play football, because, frankly, once you've seen him once, you've seen him every time. Uh, she decided to go off and see Cheryl Cole singing. Badly. And so she went off to that, which was an opportunity to put on another one of those outfits that we keep questioning when she's going to wear the blooming things. I think she walks around the bedroom going, aren't I pretty? Uh, and we go, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. She's good, isn't it? 84850, steve at uk. I do agree with Jane Moore. I'm sorry we didn't mention this the other day, but it says extolling the virtues of Pond's Cold Cream. The youthful Kylie Minogue says, I wouldn't want to go under the knife. You're not yourself if you do that. And Jane Moore says, yeah, that cream sure is something. It seems to have changed the shape of your nose. She's had a nose. Had it changed. In fact, it's so noticeable here. When you look at early pictures of Kylie with a little thing, and then you, now you've got the beautiful Kylie. Apparently, sales of Pond's cream have shot through the roof. I mean, are people stupid? People believe this old garbage, don't they? Oh, so, so it turns you into somebody looking like... You can see them, can't you? The old, the old munters slapping it on, slapping it. Oh, look, going to make you really attractive, isn't it? When you appear on the Jeremy Kyle show, you know, like, oh, why do you look so attractive? And I said to you, I said, because I have your name tattooed underneath my throat and I'm using Pond's cream. <laughs> just, I mean, I just don't get why, because I remember telling people years ago when I used to do a health and beauty programme, we used to do a... a pro- what? I used to do a health and beauty... For five years, I did a health and beauty programme. Uh, we did it with Stephen Way's salon in New Bond Street, who came in and advised people on hair and colouring... And Estee Lauder we did for a long time. In fact, years we did Estee Lauder. We were the first programme to use Estee Lauder on the radio and they vetted us to make sure that we were the right image for Estee Lauder. And we were. And we were. We, I know, I was surprised too, but we were. And people would phone up and advise... And I would advise people, you know, on what sort of makeup colourings to use and things like that. Yeah, I was a bit like Avon, just a slightly more expensive version. And um, and we always said at the time, because people can spend a fortune... I've got lots of, of Estee Lauder creams, which I've bought. I use one of their moisturisers at the moment, because it's a, it's a deep moisturiser. And somebody said, you know that you get the same effect from Pond's cream. I said, I don't care. And the reason you don't care is because on your dressing room table, girls, you don't want just Pond's cream. You want to have, you know, the nice posh labels. I'm quite sure if I bought the producer, don't take this as gospel, something expensive from Estee Lauder for Christmas, it's not happening. It's not happening, OK? You know, and, and I gave it to her. She wouldn't go, well, I really wanted Pond's cream. She's not, you know, it's not going to happen. People want the posh stuff. Yeah. If I bought her the Pond's cream, she'd be going, oh, that's nice. Why am I not getting Estee? It's like, you know, and here, here, here is a lovely candle from Primark or, you know, the pound shop or something. She'd be going, oh, Joe Malone candle. You can't win, can you? So, you know, Kylie, it's a load of old cobblers, dear, and I wish you'd stop putting this rubbish about that you use. You might use Pond's cream now, Popsy, but we know you've had Botox because you've told us you've done it in the past. So stop, you know, I mean, the amount of makeup you trowel on, you know, and that's just Pond's. I mean, don't you just put Pond's cream, you don't just put Pond's cream on and end up with thing like that. The only reason you end up with nice skin, like mine, uh, is if you don't smoke and you don't go in the sun. Because if you go in the sun, that will ruin your skin. And if you smoke, that will ruin your skin as well. That's why Sarah Ferguson looks at the moment like an old leather handbag. <laughs> Sorry, I mean that. I know, but I did say she does look awful. And you know what she's done? The worst thing is, if you're really scarred by the sun and then you put Botox and stuff, it's not going to help your skin. 
It, it really doesn't, doesn't help at all, I'm afraid. Eamon says, uh, and by the way, reasons to vote for Iceland, and they stole our cod in the 1970s. But if I'm in a particularly evil mood on Saturday, I might vote for the Greeks and send them completely over the edge. Does anyone, come on, seriously, do, do, you, do you vote in the, in the Eurovision? I can never be bothered to vote. I can't be bothered to do things like that. And it's also quite, quite late for me. Yes, oh, late in the month. I don't know. Oh, right. I'll never think about these things. Stephen Arlington, he says, that's the trouble these days. Being born at an early age gives them a disadvantage. Not like us old farts, born old and cynical. I know. In fact, the older I get, the more cynical I become. It's great. I love it. Never change. Stephen Arlington says, is the large woman from Iceland smoking? <laughs> what you mean? She looks a bit like a volcano or something. She was big. And she's singing disco. She's singing disco. Um, another one here. Mike says, I do not defend Fergie's actions at all. However... Who was it in Twickenham offering to set up a meeting with Auntie Enid for 15 pence? Some people are so bitter, aren't they? And Steve says, love pizza on the park. Very good news. Huey says, I quite like the Belgian Eurovision entry. Let them win. A success and Belgium don't normally go together. They don't, do they? Poor old Belgians. Honestly, we have, we have an entry. What, what's, what's this? Eurovision. No. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. I thought, I just assumed that they uh, so like French. But, of course, they're not. I've got, I've really, I've got no idea. It was supposed to be French. They're all mine are rubbish, aren't they? I'm just not good at doing accents from around the world. At least I'm free and... Uh, yeah, yeah. the only thing I can do is Christine... Oh! Good news on Christine Bleakley. How are you? The good news is that she might be defecting to GMTV. Who says so? Her agent, who's still desperately trying to push in that department because she really wants to get up at four o'clock every morning. That's what I love about it. Adrian Childs, apparently... Uh, is sort of campaigning, according to the paper today. I think it's her agent, still trying to push these silly stories that uh, they're offering her a million pounds to defect to GMTV. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm Marie Antoinette. You know, a million pounds for that. I mean, having watched David... I've discovered what the problem is with David Dickinson, having watched it yesterday. He shouts. He sh you watch him on that programme today, if you really have to. And he shouts. And then I turned on Loose Women, because it, it just seems to be on the time of day I'm up. And there she was, Denise, Denise the Boar Welsh on there. The one in that and a bit of that and all the other things. Because she, I don't know what that was, a bit racy-pacy for this time of the morning. But you think, I mean, I really must buy, write a book. I must, everybody's writing it, but the producer's going to write one about me. <laughs> Which shows how desperately sad it is. And, uh, and I, James Max is doing one too. Well, it's not really a book. It's, it's sort of my life, you know as The Apprentice and that kind of... Because I watched The Children's Apprentice the other day. My God, they're horrible. My God, they're peculiar people. There's something... The they're not all there. This is LBC 90... Do politicians think we're stupid? Do they really think that we're stupid? Do you seriously believe that going round schools, campaigning to be Mayor of London and saying, you know, we're, I'm going to reduce knife crime... It's going to make the slightest difference. All the efforts of all the politicians. I spoke to a young black man a short while ago, didn't we, when he came in here? And we were talking about, he said, what do you think about knife crime? And I said, well, you know, I think it's something that's got to be sorted out. It didn't happen in my day. It seems to be a thing now that young people carry now. So you, Una King, going around going, I mean, what, what she's doing is saying what adults want to hear. Adults want to see that, you know, you can actually go out without somebody producing a knife. But... To be honest with you, it ain't going to happen. 
It's just not going to happen. It was like, I'm still trying to find this story. I can't find it in the papers today, so it must be, must be around somewhere, of the, uh, the couple up in Blackpool running a hoopla stall on the seafront. And they've been prosecuted because the odds of winning were 2,600 to 1. A professor sat down and worked out what the odds were of winning. Nobody wins. That's why years ago, in my day, you'd go to the hoopla store and it would have jars of sweets with a £10 note and a, and a watch all tied around it. And all that because you had... And they will demonstrate, look, the ring here, and it goes over the, uh, the object and it goes over the, the block at the base. No, it doesn't. Because when you throw it, it, it will only land perfectly if it's dropped from above. If you throw it, it will land at one or other of the sides. And it's that that means it won't actually... So no, you never see anybody walking away with a jar of sweets. You see a load of people walking away with those horrible stuffed animals and things. Where do you put them? Where do you... If Sarah Ferguson was here, I've got an idea. But anyway, if, you know, some people see these animals, they go, I've really got to win that. So they spend hundreds of pounds trying to win one of these big cuddly toys. It's cheaper to go to the warehouse and buy one of these things. In fact, in the end, I think sometimes they get, oh, just, just take it, for God's sake. You've spent £300 on it. It only cost me a fiver. We used to see them in, uh, in the square at Christmas when they unload them from the lorries. I mean, who, I mean uh, who buys a giant lion or a giant tiger or something like that? I mean, nobody's got the room nowadays. Not got the room. It's just it's awful, isn't it? Get, who, what are you going to be queuing for on Friday? Going to be queuing for iPads. Eight o'clock in the morning. The shops are going to be open selling the iPad, so it's iPandemonium, I think, on Friday. I haven't got mine yet. No, I'm still waiting. I've got... Well, I mean, at this rate, I mean, I'm, unless they arrive... I'm hoping they're going to arrive either today or to tom- tomorrow. They're only coming from Ireland. They're coming TNT, and I've got two of them, and they, and they left on Saturday. Today's Wednesday. It's a very slow service. I can get stuff from America quicker than I can from Ireland. Unless they're sitting there in a warehouse and they go, OK, send them out now. Perhaps they don't want people to have them in advance. We'll find out later. I don't know. But uh, you will be queuing for them. Everybody's going to be going to get an iPad. Everybody I've spoken to go, when, when, when are you getting yours? Can we have a look at yours? When you get, yeah, you can have a look at mine when you get it. You know, when are you going to get all the, the accoutrement? Are you going to get the case for it? Like, oh, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. But no doubt Darren will be talking about it with Petri on Friday evening. Uh, Victoria Beckham's out again. She took um, uh, the oldest out at an L- L.A. fashion party. And uh, she went out with her uh, friend Eva Longoria. She doesn't seem to have that many friends over there, does she? She's either got Eva Longoria, who's a bit of a dreary person at the best of times, or uh, Mrs Tom Cruise, but they don't seem to be hanging around with them much at all now, because Davy Boy Beckham's off with the troops in Afghanistan. And uh, Victoria was showing her new hair. And it is actually hers, apparently. She's been keeping it tied back for a while because she's growing it so she can show you the tousled look. Well, I have to tell you that Victoria has really, really bad hair. It's very, very fine. And, I mean, it's in nice condition, but it's fine, and I know, because I've known Victoria for, gosh, years and years. And uh, when she used to phone the programme. And anyway, so she... Uh, not that I, no, yeah, she phoned. Hey, she used to phone. Victoria Beckham. No, I didn't take calls. We took this one, though. We took this one, because the producer went, Victoria Beckham on the phone. I went, yeah, right. And they put, the, put her through to me. You know, I hear the story. Yeah, I used to slag the Spice Girls off all the time. And then Vic phoned. And uh, she'd always slagging us off and all the rest of it. And just to tell you, we're, we're lasting... And I went, yeah, OK, fine. And it turns out Mum and Dad listened to the programme. And so the next thing is, Victoria came to launch... I forget what it was, actually. She was launching. It was something. And, um, and so they, they came in. They came in. She came in. She did a speech, I think, at ITN. And all the balconies were chock-a-block all the way up the whole building. Davy Boy was outside with, I think, Brooklyn at the time, walking round. Nobody noticed him. And then she came in the studio with Mum, Dad, Sister... Everybody came in. I had them all sitting in the studio. It was really nice. Really nice. So there you go. You see? See, the, see her, we don't mind coming in. You know, 
Jordan. We wouldn't want anywhere near the place. You know, we have certain standards, and I'm afraid she doesn't quite hit the mark. But now she's got this uh, this new look. I think it's all to do with the fact that if, if you don't have a lot of hair, you've got to... I mean, I used to do the same. Sometimes I put a couple of rollers in to try and tease out the hair and make it look as though I had a little bit more than that, but I didn't. I didn't. Sometimes I used to back comb as well. I did a lot of shh, and then combing it back again. <laughs> Looked a little bit like Sherry Hewson on a bad day. That's what I used to look like. It doesn't matter. You don't need to worry about it. You don't need to worry about it. Uh, here it is. It's uh, Prince Andrew holding his head in his hand as he was quizzed about Fergie's cash for access. Why are they quizzing him? He doesn't know diddly squat about it. There's no point in asking him. Ask her. She apparently is in, is in uh, talks at the moment with a publisher. I'm sorry, darling. What do you do? Just explain it to you. You're not learning, are you? You're not learning. Just ridiculous. Oh, I said, oh, I'm delighted, actually. You know, I'm not a fan of Marco Pierre White. They're trying to... Set, that's the man with the silly Yasser Arafat scarf stuck on his head. Looks a complete idiot in the kitchen. Anyway, he's just been fined for... A, after a gastro pub he co-owns released sewage into a stream. Sewage. This is Marco Pierre White. How much was he fined? This obviously isn't something the council took lightly. £30,000 he was fined. £30,000. Good! Waste was found in the stream after neighbours reported a, a foul smell. One said it had been far too much to cope with, and uh, he and his partner admitted five counts of pollution at the Yew Tree Inn in Highclere in Berkshire. I'm glad you were fined, Marco, dumping sewage in. I've been sick to death of so-called celebrity chefs, even though I don't class you as a celebrity chef. Dreadful. Oh, here it is. I found it. I found Oh, that was good. Hundreds of tourists duped by the Rig Hoopla stall. The blocks were angled away from the player and not all hoops fitted over them. One holidaymaker lost £1,200 on the... Producer goes, what an idiot, because she's caring and sharing this morning. Others were allegedly cajoled into spending more and more. David Lucy of Lancaster University said the odds of winning were 2,622 to 1. And the stall's owners admitted breaching gambling laws... Uh, Philip Williams was given a 14-week suspended jail term and 270 hours community service, and Darren Casey, 135 hours. Interesting. One holidaymaker, 1,200 quid. To win what? To win what? I mean, to win a cuddly toy, 1,200... Girl, you could buy the blooming store for 1,200 quid. I've often said, Funfair's great. I love Funfair's to pieces. But hoopla, rubbish. You know, hook a duck, great. But there again, again, the odds are stacked against you because you can buy, and I can, I can tell you the companies who make them, books of, of tickets, all odd or all even. So in other words, if they say, pick, pick an even one, and you pick one, and you think, oh, there's no even ones in here, and they'll actually have two or three, they just pick it up and go, see, look, there's an even one. Put it down, there's an even one. But the rest of them are odd, so the odds are stacked against you. It's like trying to get the, the ball into the, uh, into the milk churn. Because of the angle of the churn, it's going to go round, round, and then fly out again. You never heard of that one? Put a ball in a milk shirt. It's very common, actually. Yeah, on fun fairs. Have you heard of a coconut shy? Probably haven't heard of a coconut shy either, have you? Did you ever win a coconut on a coconut shy? No. Yeah, you did, really. What, you threw a ball and you knocked the coconut off? I don't believe you. I want photographic evidence. You show me photographic evidence of you winning. She's just come up with some rubbish, honestly. What she, what she meant was she had a job on the thing. She was holding the coconut and people had to throw the ball... <laughs> and knock it out of her hand. Because they're, 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 they're sort of put in sand. And so sometimes you can't... You've got to really throw that ball hard to knock the coconut off. What, 
Yeah, some, oh, somebody you're with now won it. You see, it's amazing how the story changes, Your Honour. I rest my case. You will go to prison for ten years. You will be taken from here to a place of execution and hanged by the neck until dead. And may God have mercy on your soul. I'm cheering already. I'm out there making the wax mask. <laughs> I'm doing my knitting. <laughs> Paul says, I think the main reason that only nine people turned out for Peter Andre's launch was that they were afraid he would turn, out, turn up in just the little white pants, if you remember. Do you remember that, that uh, picture they had done of his little white pants? That is, he was sprayed and everything else. Dear. Now he has the new house. Does that mean that his alleged lover, according to the press, I'm reinventing myself, Katona, will move in? No, you see, they've got the same agent, Paul. I keep explaining this. Although, funnily enough... You know, we were saying the other day, what, what do you think Kerry's going to do? Well, apparently, they're making a reality show about how she's turned her life around. Her agent has come up with this brilliant idea. We're going to make it so that she's being filmed. Unfortunately, they don't actually have a film company, or they don't have a TV company who's bought it. But according to the agent, lots of big TV stations are interested in this. I thought, no, they're not. Nobody's remotely interested in Kerry Katona. I'm sorry, somebody was just milking the system. No, thank you. And, uh, and she says, and we've got loads of endorsements lined up. We just want to make sure it's the right one. I'm going to come round and slap your legs for telling fibs. Honestly, we know you're doing your best for it, but for God's sake, trying to resurrect the dead is pushing it a little bit. Nobody's interested in her. Nobody's interested. The public can't stand her. They think she's awful. Uh, Dawn thinks that our Eurovision song sounds like typical Eurovision. Not great, but OK. Written by Pete Waterman. I like it more than last year's song, which was written by Andrew Lloyd Webber. You've been saying how Jedward have been quiet lately. The only thing they seem to have done was to record the Shaken Vac advert. She said, I like them and follow them on Twitter. Yesterday they tweeted that they're recording their album at the moment, due for release on July the 16th. And I'm wondering what'll be on it. Well, not them, that's a fact, because they can't sing. So it'll be somebody... Uh, It'll be covers. She said, I did like Under Pressure, and I actually downloaded it. Well, I think they're fun. I mean, I think that, we, that you, you could actually have them in, a, in an advert for Speedos. I think, you know, doing Shaken Back in Speedos, I think, is, is the way forward. Because I think that they're fun. We look after them. Global talent look after them. So, uh, so that's why we have a vested interest in the album. I didn't know they had an album coming out. And I'd love to use them for In Conversation, but I can't because we, we don't have a studio big enough to put two people in there. Thank you. Funny mood this morning she is. I don't know what's the matter with her. Really odd when she came in this morning. She was, she was a bit obsessive yesterday, and uh, as I say, the rest of it is, has gone, gone straight to her. I don't know what's the matter with her. She had to go out on the street and do things. I have to suffer. I'm the one who gets it in the neck at the end of the day. Have you ever heard of R.D. Rizal? No, you won't have done. He's a little boy who lives in uh, Indonesia. He's two years old, and he does something that, to be honest with you, I've ceased being shocked about. He smokes 40 cigarettes a day. He's two. He smokes 40 cigarettes a day. It's, they've got photographs of him smoking. And he actually throws a tantrum if he can't puff on them. His father, Mohammed, gave him his first cigarette 18 months. And he's a bit unfit, so he can't run around with his pals. But he does puff away on his fags. And the government over there have offered the family a car if he quits. His father, Mohammed, is a fishmonger. And he says, he looks pretty healthy to me. I don't see the problem. Because everybody smokes abroad. Everybody smokes. But at t I've never heard of a toddler at two smoking 40 a day. 40. It'd be very lucky, I should imagine, to see the, uh, the next phase of his life. A little bit of a worry, isn't it? Two a day. Uh, 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Quarter to six. 
These are the headlines. A third of social workers say they feel powerless to intervene in child neglect cases, according to research by Action for Children. A 21-year-old man's in a stable condition in hospital after being stabbed repeatedly in Poplar last night. And a Eurotunnel advert which claims services ran in all weathers has been banned. Customers complained about it after they were left stranded when Eurostar trains broke down in wintry conditions in December. Let's have a check on the uh, roads for you this morning. It's Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. On the North Circular at Brent Cro- 14 minutes to uh, 6. 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Joe and Pat. How are you? Saw the 16-year-old pop sensation Justin Bieber who recently flew to Wales in a private jet to perform one song for Radio 1 and was booed. It's the first time moaning on Twitter that he will answer lies and rumours being spread about him with kindness. Do you know, I quite liked him. I saw him being interviewed by the ghastly Fern... 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 Can't remember. Anyway, and... Uh, yes, I know, but I don't want to choose to remember her name. And, um, and she was sort of saying, what's it? She's a dreadful interviewer. She's, I mean, she's even worse than David Dickinson, and they don't come any worse than that. He seemed quite genuine and nice. Not a great singer... And also, I, I don't quite take, guys, to little white boys, who are sort of pretty boys, doing rap. They just look as though they should be going, OK, this is my mother, and this is my father, and this is my sister, and we're all going on holiday. I just don't think they should be talking about rap. I mean, I, I, I did watch the thing on the television. I did watch him jumping around on the stage, and I thought, yeah, but he, he's going to grow up. All of a sudden, he's going to go, whoosh, shoot up through the ceiling. Because he's only, I think, 14 at the moment. Is he 14, 15? The girls seem to like him. Quite a number of the boys like him too. And he's pretty. But I just don't, I don't get some of the songs. The new one's called Eeny Meeny. <laughs> don't even ask how I know that. It's nice to know you're there this morning. Nice to know anybody's there, actually, this morning. Because it's, it's been such, such a hot weather. And also, because we're in half term, people are going, let's go away. And then other people are going, why bother? Let's stay here. The weather's even better here than abroad. So people are staying here and they're sort of in, enjoying it. Do you know, every time I open up the paper and I see a picture of uh, Kelly Brook, I keep thinking, didn't you say you were going to Australia and staying there, love? Or is it possible you can go? We don't, we don't, we're not interested in you now. You you've keep telling us you're going to go and live over there. And here you are again. Over here. So what was all that, that hooey about I'm going over there? More on Adrian Childs, who's stepping up his efforts to persuade Christine Bleakley to join him on the sofa, and she's going, get up at that time of the morning. Are you stupid? Because that means if, if they do, somebody else is being arfinched out of poor old GMTV, which I think is going to be renamed. I don't mean that in a sort of a jokey way or anything like that. I think they are actually going to rename it because they're going to um, try and make it a strand. You know, it's, it's like the, the strand of LBC. Television, they have great difficulties with because their audience... I mean, if you knew how small the audience was for GMTV, you would suddenly realise, well, having watched it, you would know. That's why most people are listening to Nick Ferrari. Nick Ferrari's got a bigger audience than GMTV. They've got a tiny... Well, and you don't even bring Richard and Judy into it. Absolutely unbelievable. And so they, they're having to try and reinvent themselves, but they're all worried about, you know, what do we do if we reinvent ourselves? Are we going to lose the audience completely? Oh, my Godfathers. Britain's Got Talent uh, babe, Amanda Holden, says she lets Simon Cowell and Piers Morgan feel her boobs before they go on. How bizarre. But she says here it's all down to nerves. They say the outrageous blonde. There's nothing outrageous about her at all. Desperate. Desperate would be a good word. We like desperate. Here's the photograph of Peter Andre's five fans. One at the front wearing pink leggings. Ooh, scary. I bet the people at Westfield are going, I don't think we want these sort of people in here at all, I'm afraid. Definitely not. The Rachel Cut. 
is the most popular hairstyle in British history. 10.6 million women copied the style, made famous by Jennifer Aniston. Oh, lovely, thank you. Throw it on the desk. Start that kind of thing with me this morning. Bye. It's really odd. Very strange. I won't go into it too much. Anyway, um, Stephen Arlington says, if you did a health and beauty programme, what went wrong? <laughs> you know, I don't need to sit here and be insulted. I can go anywhere. Uh, Huey says, you may think your foreign accents are not good, but I reckon your Janet Street Porter's spot on. Well, by call. <laughs> you like that. Always used to amuse me, actually, Janet Street Porter. What? This is what she used to say. When she was working with Michael Aspel, he'd say, Janet, and she'd go, well, Michael. <laughs> my, my, my best one, I'm afraid, was always, I've had a bit of trouble. You know, that was one of my better ones. Yeah, I've had a bit of a whoopsie. It's baby Jessica. Hello, little Jessica. <laughs> Isn't it funny the way you do a voice and you sort of think, that actually didn't sound too bad at all. There's a, there's a, there's a career here. I went on to the... I'm delighted to report that, having told you yesterday about the, uh, the sad death of Ray Allen, that... Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people logged on to uh, to have a look at him on YouTube when he's doing his thing with, with Lord Charles and the other little dummy. And, and Lord Charles had a bit of a drinky-poos. You know, you silly arse. And it was... He's just funny. Log on to... Go and have a look on YouTube.com. Type in Ray Allen and Lord Charles uh, and have a look at them. There are three of them on the, on the screen there. It's really good. In the same way that uh, I like that other... We like Ventrigley. We like him as well. And who's the other one? Terry Rogers. Terry Rogers. Fantastic with Shorty Long. Very good. Uh, Connie says, I bought this year's Eurovision Song Contest CD last week. I'm excited to see who'll win because all the songs are very good. Are you on drugs? All the songs are very good. Most of them are rubbish. They're terrible. Um, and Dave says, did you see the cheeky girls on Britain's Got Talent? They're now dancers because they've got through to the next round. Yeah, they don't go any further, luckily. They, uh, the only reason they entered is because, A, there isn't any work for them, B, because they're a pair of s- pair of buffoons. You'd have to be to go out with Lembit, whatever his name was. And uh, they also entered the Transylvanian Strictly Come Dancing thing. I wish they'd stay there. Uh, Thomas says, is that Amanda talking in the background? Difficult to tell, actually. She mumbles so much. Could be anybody. Could be Muffin the Mule, as far as I'm concerned. Please pass my regards and say I missed her. Was there some sort of relationship or something going on here? Anyway, she says she's got no idea and she's calling the police. Okay, right. Rest your case. And, um, uh, which, uh, oh, oh, yes, I mean, Alan Dodgen, somebody somebody said the other day, they think Alan's a bit Greek. Well, I don't remember him ever saying that he was a bit Greek. And we went home on the the train yesterday. And somebody said, which part of him is Greek? I said, well, I think it's on the mother's side. Because I don't think Dodgen is a very a very Greek name. It's his, his, his left arm. Mind you, talking about your left arm, spare a thought for Abu Tahir Ahmed and his wife. Uh, they're about in their 60s. His wife, uh, Ifit, is 52. He's 68. They go away on holiday for four days. They come back to find that some Romanian gypsies have broken into their house and are calmly... They threw all their stuff out... I mean, you can't believe the audacity of these people. And uh, they've repainted the walls. And they're squatting in his house. They've changed the locks and everything. So he actually gets a ladder. And he climbs in to his own house. And he's confronted by eight people who promptly tell him to get out of his own property. And he goes, well, we're not going. This is my wife who just come back from holiday. Your worst nightmare. These people are doing it all over the place. Be very careful. And... So he then said, right, well, blow you for soldiers. We're, we're, we're going to stay. So they move into a bedroom. The Romanian gypsies carry on partying. They invite friends back. They're smoking. They're drinking. 
They've already thrown all his furniture out. He said they were acting like hooligans. In the end, the Romanian gypsies said, give us £3,000 and we'll leave. Not the first time we've heard this story. How do these people get in the country? I've got no idea. So he said, I'm not giving you £3,000. Get out. And they go, no. So he contacted the, uh, the express. And the express went round there with the police and they kicked him out. They'd been threatened with, uh, with arrest for breach of the peace and that was that. So out they go. But they'll move into somebody else's house. Because, frankly, we're such a soft touch in this country, you can get away with anything. There's a gang of thieves, Romanian gypsies again, thieving on the Docklands Light Railway, who've been arrested numerous times by the police. They reckon they've got away with about £100,000 worth of goods. And they've, they finally agreed to leave the country. They'll be back. They'll be back. They always are. People just seem to turn up. Here are the offers for, uh, for Kerry Katona. Her manager, Claire, says, we're filming Kerry for her own reality show. We're in talks with a lot of TV companies. Most of the big channels have been in touch. She's also been offered a lot for endorsement deals. We're taking it slowly to make sure she's ready to do things. Ready to do things? What is she, some bone-idle old so-and-so, and she can't... Ready to do things, Claire? I'm definitely going to come around and slap your legs. Really getting on my nerves now. Ready to do things. Sorry, she's been jetting backwards and forwards up and down the country to see her new man, Adrian, the decorator. See if she's ready to do things... Bloody hell. Dreadful, 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 dreadful. Oh, well, guess who's the other person in Katie Price's marriage? Well, there's her and Alex Price. Actually, there's four people, mustn't there? There must be her, Alex, Alex Reed, Alex Reed's girly character that he dresses up as, and now Dane Bowers, who apparently is really friendly. And, of course, you remember Dane Bowers and Katie Price because they made, let's just call it a little film, shall we, together, which appeared on the internet. Didn't exactly show in the best light possible, or him. But anyway, there you go. And good news... Sally Whitaker is uh, going back into Coronation Street, but uh, she's going to have to wear a wig, because of after all the chemo and everything else. And uh, she doesn't quite look like the same person, but I think she'll go on. She's a trooper. How she did that and didn't, didn't tell people, you know, what was going on in her life, I think that's just absolutely incredible. And strangely enough, Ronan Keating, love cheating for seven months, how embarrassing, um, has booked into a hotel to work out how to save his marriage. I can't help feeling, as he's got quite a few properties, why didn't he just move into one of those? Fancy moving into a hotel. He's pulled out of a TV interview this week for fears that they might ask him about his marriage. Pop it, that's all they're going to be asking him. But they're not interested in anything else. They're only going to be asking him about the marriage. Why don't you be a big boy and go on... T- I never understand why people... Do- or are you waiting for money? You know, why don't you just go on television and go, listen, I met this, this dancer and uh, we started texting and she was very flirty... And it's been going on since, well, before October. And uh, we used to meet at so-and-so, so-and-so. And and just tell us everything. Because that way it'll save the embarrassment of having to go to a newspaper and sell your story, or a magazine and sell your story. And that way you've sort of made the air clear with your wife. And frankly, I shouldn't imagine wants you back at all now. You're shop-soiled. You know, having told us how many times, when they want a marvellous father you are. I think he got an award in Ireland for being a marvellous father and, and husband. And you think... Obviously not as marvellous as we think, I'm afraid. But he's moved into the Plush K Club Resort Hotel. And some members of the family have said they will get back together. You see, I, th- I think women who take men back are silly. I really do. Because once, once they've cheated once, they go, yeah, I told you I could do it. Told you I could do it. It's almost like one-upmanship, isn't it? It's a case of, yeah, I really love you. Oh, I won't, it'll never happen. Honestly, I promise you it'll never happen again. It was a lapse. I was, you know, you weren't feeling very well. I wasn't feeling... Yeah, got them. Got them. Really? Oh, please. Honestly, I really, I really do love you. Honestly, you're everything to me. Besides, I need all the 15 million. I don't really want to share it with you, OK? And, uh, OK, that's it. 
OK, we're back together. Fantastic. Love you, love you. Listen, it's back on. I'm all right now. I'll see you later on. See you later on. Bye. You know, you could just see that, can't you, happening. But, uh, oh, Sarah Ferguson has been dropped from a series of money-spinning reality shows because she's an embarrassment. She's also a dreadful TV presenter. I think that was the reason they dropped her, because uh, this was one about her daily life. Met man, went out for meal. Took $40,000 home in handbag. End of day one. Deeply embarrassed royal family. Day two, phoned Andrew. Still living at house. Isn't life great? Love it to pieces. Yours sincerely, Sarah and daughters. It's coming up to six o'clock. Myself and uh, my husband. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's LBC 97.3. The better way to start your day. I will say that, actually, because... Well, they, luckily, because all the uh, the kids are on holiday at the moment, and they're on... But they just seem to hang around. They don't seem to have any purpose. They don't do anything unless they're actually going away. And I'm, we used to look forward to our holidays when we were at school years and years ago. You think, great, we're going on holiday, and you go away for half term. And so you don't see anybody. But there's obviously loads of people who don't go away. And, and they just don't know what to do. They've, they've got no idea how to amuse themselves nowadays. We had hobbies and we did things and went out. You'd come up to London, you'd have a Red Rover or a Blue Rover or Rovers there and Rovers there. And you could get on and off the buses and the tubes. But frankly, it was so hot the other day, you wouldn't want to sit on the tube anyway. And yet some people, unfortunately, have to use the tube all the time. Uh, other stories in the, uh, the papers today. The, the dreadful story which we did the other day about uh, an appalling double tragedy... Uh, the teenage girl killed in an horrific coach crash had lost her elder brother three years earlier. I mean, what dreadful tragedy for this uh, family. Chloe Walker, who was celebrating her 16th birthday, died with Kieran Goulding when the coach taking them home collided with a car coming the opposite way on a scenic road in the Lake District. The coach overturned, flinging pupils into the road. The car driver was killed. And yesterday it was revealed that Chloe's elder brother, Jordan, died at the age of 15. He had a rare genetic disorder, and it's now left their parents childless. I mean, how dreadful. I mean, you cannot imagine the agony that these poor people are going through. Just absolutely, absolutely devastating for them. However bad your life seems to be, it's never as bad, is it, as uh, some people who just seem to have a run of bad luck, and it just doesn't get any worse than that. Uh, Diane Abbott has topped the first major opinion poll since she entered the Labour leadership race, despite not having the declared support of any MPs. The strongest backing came from Tory and Lib Dem voters. Research by the uh, Politics Home website shows Britain's first black female MP is a more popular choice for Labour leader than the front-runner David Miliband. Really? Who on earth is voting for Diane Abbott? I don't think anybody is voting for Diane Abbott at all. In the same way, I'm not sure if anybody's going to vote for Una King. Most people in London won't even know who Paul Runa King is. She's an MP who'll turn up on most reality shows. She's a bit lembit opic. I don't think I'd want to vote for him either, I'm afraid. <laughs> Paul in Manchester says he'll write about Ronan Keating. He'll open his heart and the papers will open their wallets. As for GMTV, why don't they just surrender their licence like Teletext did? Pure dross. If Pinky and Perky reunite from the one show, that'll kill it stone dead anyway. And to think of how good, he says, TVAM was and the old ITV stations, my heart sinks. Do you remember Channel 5 did Stranding when they first started and that didn't work either? No, it, it just... You can't explain the mysteries of television. Radio, I, I can understand the mysteries of radio. I can understand how certain programmes will attract people. It's either because... Sometimes, I mean, I heard something the other day because uh, I was sort of flipping round the dial and it was a presenter who quite clearly wasn't remotely interested in what they were talking about. 
And you can tell, if you're listening to the radio, you can, you can, you can manage the door by yourself. Oh, it's getting heavier and heavier, isn't it? It's hopefully she's getting weaker and weaker and weaker. I said to her, have three shreddies in the morning, but she can't open the box. It's really, it's just so much effort. And I said, can you open the milk? I can't open the milk. It's dreadful. She can't get that metal seal off. That She hasn't got any strength anymore. It's because she doesn't eat meat, you see. If she ate meat, she'd be, uh, she'd be big and strong and she could do things like that. But to, to watch her struggling with a box of shredded wheat is almost embarrassing in the extreme. Uh, I bought a giant lion for a two-year-old's birthday. Then I saw a little dog that barks and walks and wags its tail. What do I do, says Dee? Give the baby the dog and keep the lion, or vice versa. OK, right. Giant lion for a two-year-old or the dog that barks and walks. OK, you've got to keep the dog. And I tell you for why. A two-year-old is going to sit on the dog that walks and it's going to be broken. Whereas the lion, it can cuddle and it's, it's soft and furry and two-year-olds like that kind of thing. I agree with you. I, I used to have a little... Uh, submarine in the bath, and that used to go round and round, and then dive, dive, and then it was, and then you spend the next ten minutes trying to find it. And uh, that was always good fun. I've got a I've got a whale in the bath as well, and that just sort of goes round. It's a little, no, not James Whale. That would be funny, wouldn't it? A little motorised whale that goes round. Do you know I haven't spoken to James Whale for ages because he was on holiday the other week. I think he was in it was in a retreat, and uh, he was there sort of coming to terms with himself. And so I've got these things in the bath, but I've seen the little dogs. You see them outside all the. Uh, the shops in London, and woof, 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 and then it sits up and barks in a strange way. You've never heard a dog bark like it. And then it walks a little bit further in its funny little walk. And I quite like that. I, I, I quite like that. But I, I, would, I would give the giant lion, I'm afraid. So there you go. Stephen Harlington says, here we go, bad joke of the day. I hear that Ray Allen's gone to get a glace. OK? OK, some of you would have got that, some of you uh, hadn't. Maggie and Wanstead. What is it going on about Ray Allen? Say, Ray Allen has sadly died. Lord Charles was unable to comment. Somebody is looking after Lord Charles. I can't remember who it is. I think he's been refurbished by um, Jeff Felix. Jeff Felix is uh, the man who makes ventriloquist dummies. And he used to be in Kilburn years and years ago. And I went round to see him. And in his little garret... He had all these ventriloquist dummies' heads. And so you would ask... So you would have your own dummy made for you. And you would say, I want the eyebrows to work. I want it to be able to smoke. Uh, I want the smiling or lips curling, ears moving, eyes moving. All these sort of things you can have built in. Just remember, the poor, poor ventriloquist has got to operate this... Looks like a piece of doweling that comes down inside with lots of bars on it. And you have to move it. But I think he's refurbishing... Lord Charles. Somebody said to he was refurbishing. And Jeff Felix is the is the, the acknowledged man who makes the puppets. Very, very clever. Kevin says, what is Kerry going to advertise? Vacuum cleaners? Do you know, I've, I've got no idea who in their right mind would want Kerry. But anyway, if Iceland didn't want her, you know, that's, you know, you're not exactly talking at the high level end of the market, are you? Who else would be remotely interested? Because she's turned her life around. <laughs> Don't believe a word of it. Mariella Frostrup, hello, has come out and said that the BBC is uh, run by uh, a bunch of misogynists. Says the woman who sounds like she smokes 40 a day. I don't understand why she says that. She, it's, it's a bit freaky, isn't it? I mean, she doesn't talk like that, really. That was actually that woman from Coronation Street. She talked like that completely. 16 past six. News headlines, Sam Pittis. Two children taken from social services. 97.3. 
Nick's going to be talking this morning to uh, Mehdi Hassan, the senior editor for politics at the New Statesman, and uh, talking about the son suing his mother for failing to prevent his abuse. And uh, Nick will be asking that age-old question, whether or not financial compensation can ever mend the wounds of abuse. I've often asked that question myself, when people say, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so happened, and they, and, then, and they want money, and I think, well, does that solve it? And the answer is, of course it does. It seems to ease the pain for some people. Give me money. Well, why, why not just an apology? No, I want money. Uh, how about if they say they're really sorry? No, I want money. And also, the, uh, two of the social workers blamed for the death of baby P will find out whether they'll be barred from ever returning to work. Uh, these are the people who didn't, couldn't be bothered to turn up in court because they felt that they were being treated badly by the press. I'm sure if Baby P could speak, he'd be saying exactly the same thing. Uh, and also, the number of older mothers trebling in ten years. Why are women waiting so long to have kids? The answer is because people want to hang on to their, their jobs, don't they? And, uh, and sort of make sure that financially they're actually secure before they... Because it's a very expensive business. Not for some people. Some people never, never sort of worry about that at all. But for other people... You know, it's, it's very difficult. I see that transsexual, the story we mentioned on the programme the other week, yesterday lost a publicly funded battle to force the NHS to give her a breast enlargement. This is a, f- a 58-year-old, technically living still as a man, living as a woman, though, for more than a decade, said larger breasts would make her feel feminine. It's gone on for 19 months. Cost tens of thousands of pounds, this, uh, this, uh, this uh, court action. Utterly ludicrous waste of money, as far as I'm concerned. She's now planning to launch an appeal which could be legally aided. Just ridiculous. Just ridiculous, I'm afraid. And uh, they've been trying to get funding from the local primary care trust to have the breasts enlarged. And, uh, and they said, no, you're not having it. You want it? Go pay for it. So now, having wasted all that time and money in the courts and they've said no, he, stroke she, is planning to appeal again. You think, oh, for God's sake, get over yourself. Doesn't make you feel... Well, you know, go and pay for it like anybody else. Why, why are we paying for this stuff? Just ridiculous. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Jeremy says, half term for every school I know is next week. No, they're uh, round our way. They're off already. It staggers. It's not, uh, it's not the same everywhere at all. They're all different. Most of the schools round our way are off. There's only a couple of the private schools. Steve Hargrave is back with us again. We've got some music. In fact, we've got music uh, just in case you were thinking of watching the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. I do like Eurovision. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan. I was I was always the one voting for Germany, whereas the British panel never voted for Germany. Uh, yeah, yeah, it all gets like that. I, I thought that was the sound of uh, several thousand people switching off their radios, as you mentioned, the Eurovision. No, I mean, I, it gets a huge audience. People have Eurovision parties. I'm not that daft. I think it's interesting. It's interesting as a concept. And I must admit, I went, I went to a Eurovision party last year. Oh, God. Um, I shan't this year. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to totally, totally bad mouth it because it's a, it's a kind of entertaining concept it's quite amusing as an exercise in uh, great songs mm. it, it obviously <laughs> that's not what it is that's not what it's about yeah uh, should we dive in and listen to a bit of it yes I mean, let's. people have probably heard because i mean some people probably watched the show that was choosing the song i neglected it i didn't see any of the show that chose the song um, and I was having this conversation with someone who goes who is our eurovision entry this year well, i just know that he's he's an essex lad and yep. that's all I know. Yeah, apparently he auditioned for the X Factor. He auditioned for Britain's Got Talent to, to no avail, but uh, they somehow found him and, and plucked him to do this. He does a bit of acting, does a bit of singing. What's Lovely. his name? Josh, Josh, Josh Dubovi. Dubovi. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little bit like Madame Dubovere, doesn't it? But there you go. <laughs> uh, the song is uh, written by Pete Waterman and Mike Stock. It is indeed. So it's not uh, camping so, you know, anyway. Good. <laughs> No, good pedigree, if you like that sort of 80s sound or steps. And, uh, yeah, the song is called That Sounds Good To Me. So this is how it sounds. 
interesting, interesting. It's, it's got the Pete Waterman stamp on it, which is the studio sound. Whether they can reproduce that and uh, Josh can come up with the goods, mm. I don't know. The, uh, the bookies would suggest not. Yes, uh, we're way down the list. Doesn't have a big enough hook for me, I'm afraid. No, Azerbaijan, I think, were the favourites last time I checked. Oh. Uh, I don't know what that one sounds like. I haven't uh, taken Iceland's good. I like Iceland. You know, you, you know them all, do you? Uh, well, I, I know Iceland because I, I saw it the te- on the television uh, this morning when I got up. Ah, uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, have a party, you know, have play the Eurovision drinking game. Yeah. And, uh... The newsroom are really, really upset with it. They they really don't like it at all. You know. And it's a shame, I, really, because, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give them the premium rate number so they can all vote, because secretly, no matter what you say about the newsroom, they're all going to Eurovision parties. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good excuse for a party. Yeah. yeah and they're each taking some... So, somebody's taking, you know, cheesy Watsits, somebody's taking Pringles, I'm taking cheese straws, somebody's taking Twiglets, and, you know, we'll all be singing along and Jeff wearing our Eurovision gear. Yeah. Caroline's like it even now. I mean, she's getting very excited. Very excited. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Calm down, it's love. Right. It's only Eurovision. <laughs> anyway, on to uh, Dr. Dog. Yeah, let's go back to some other music. Dr. Dog are from Philadelphia, and, uh, yeah, nothing to do with cheesy Europop. They sort of do this more 60s rock, psychedelic kind of sound going on. I think they sound a lot like the band, you know, the band, Bob Dylan's band. Oh, the yeah. band. And uh, best name ever for a band, that was the band. Um, I should take an ages to come up with that. <laughs> this album, though, is Dr. Dog's sixth album. It's called Shame Shame. They play in Cargo tonight, a nice little venue. Uh, we have a track from Dot Dog. It's called Stranger. There you go. Dr. Dog playing tonight at Cargo. Cargo is Not bad. Not bad. No. Which one of the Gallagher's has renamed the band? That is Liam. Yes. Liam's, Liam's a new band. They're both playing with the old members. Well, most of the members. They're, Liam's one is called BDI. Oh, dear. What a birthday. dreadful name for a band. His, uh, it's it's all right. Band names are really hard to come up with. It just sounds stupid all the time. Yeah. Every name, when it's, especially if you announce it, people just go out and go, oh, it's a silly name, but people get used to it. But yeah. uh, trying to come up, come up with one is te- terrible pain. I see you went, uh, to, uh, you went to a very sweaty place last night. You went to see Titus Andronicus. Yeah, I went to see Titus Andronicus last night in a new little venue uh, called Camp. <laughs> I went to Camp last night. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute, did we record that bit? Thank you. Sorry, just for legal reasons. <laughs> It pops up again. <laughs> the, um, the City Arts and Music Project is down by Old Street. Actually, it was really great gig, tiny, sweaty little venue. The sort of the, the sort of place we enjoy going to when we go out. Shh, don't, don't, honestly, goodness sake! <laughs> People go, you're off Sky News. <laughs> Never get that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Never get that. Oh, also, I was going to talk to you actually about Twitter. I oh, look yeah. at your Twitter account. Yeah. You have loads of followers. Absolutely yeah. loads. I know, just a few you people You are insanely popular. Well, so I mean, I don't like to go on about it, you know. Well, I do, I'm battling you. with Jenny Barnett. Yeah, you, are you? I'm, I'm absolutely miserably failing. So this is a plea for anyone who's a Steve oh. Allen follower. Follow Can you me follow Steve? On so, what yours, so what does yours come up as? My, well, if you type my name in it, it searches for it and finds it. But my thing is at Steve says hi. Oh, but it looks right, like, Steve I might change, it sounds like it looks like Steve Stacey, and everyone goes, who's Steve Stacey? Yeah. Well, I so always I, used to get, I mean, I noticed it. today that there was an envelope upstairs for Petri Hoskin addressed to Mr. Petri Hoskin. <laughs> because I always used to get stuff addressed to Mrs. Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she wants to tell us, so maybe. <laughs> exactly. Listen, I've got to leave it there, kiddo. 
OK. Um, uh, I will just remind people that uh, Rod Stewart is at the O2 Arena Saturday through Tuesday. Yes, Rod Stewart's knocking around. Yeah. And also keep an eye out to see who replaces you two at Glastonbury. That's yes, a that's a bit of a disaster, so we wish Bono the best for, uh, for that one. They've had to cancel the whole tour and everything. Go on, Led Zeppelin. It won't happen, yeah. but go on, Led Zeppelin. Go on, Led Zeppelin. Listen, have, 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 have a great week. See you in another sweaty club shortly. I will do. See you down there. All right, kiddo. Bye. Bye. Steve Hargrave there. It's our man with his finger on the pulse. Catch him on Sky News. He's on practically every single minute of the day. So the text question today, do you care about Eurovision? I mean, have we lost interest or are you still flying the flag for the country? We're flying... Oh, that was a ghastly record, wasn't it? So, what do you reckon? 84850, do you care about Eurovision? Do you care if we win, or do you... You really couldn't care less. You'd rather sort of go and eat Twiglets or Pringles or something. 84850, do let us know, right here on LBC. London's biggest conversation. 26 minutes to seven is the time, so send us a text. Do you really care about Eurovision? 84850. Bad news over at GMTV. According to the Daily Mail today, I'll bring you that one in a second. I mean, cool, there must be... Absolutely uh, going through hell down there as at the moment. Anyway, Sam is back with us. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Are you bronzed? Are you <laughs> Hardly. Tanned? Oh, right. I think my uh, I think my skin is incapable of being tanned. Actually. Yes, I have to be honest. I mean, you, you you go away on holiday and you actually come back whiter. Whiter, yes, than exactly when, right. Than when you went, I think it has a sort of reverse effect. It's yes. the shock, really. I think it's the shock of being out in the sun. Turns well, you aren't just sitting in the sun, person. I'm not. You? I really am not. See, I don't do that either. It's not for me. I, mean, I did take my shirt off the other day when I was watering the plants. Oh, yeah. And frankly, pigeons were evacuating the area, so you know it's, it's desperate. The dark corridors of Leicester Square at five in the morning, that's me. It, yeah, but you, you and me together. Anyway, uh, Sam's back. How did everybody do when he was away? Does Alex? The best was Claire yesterday, but only because she turned on to going each way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, with her off chance, second she got there. Tote returned £1.40. All adds up. So, she lost 60 pence. OK. Uh, total <laughs> loss now, £40.44. But it's less of a loss than it could have been. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, that's, that's, that's OK. Uh, whereas uh, Alex had Millie Loves to Boogie, hmm. which came fourth, so lost £2. Total profit, £3.40. So, with you back in the fold... Has, has Alex had any winners since I've been away? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah, he had loads. We were practically... Pushing them out of the uh, up the stage. Is that right? Go on, go and race, go race. We were going to give some to me, were you? <laughs> no. You had so many. <laughs> no. I've, I mean, frankly, I mean, the uh, the chocolate bar in the cupboard that had your name on it, I've, I've, I've eaten it now, I've given up. Probably gone stale. <laughs> it's not far off it, I'm afraid. So we're off uh, today to the uh, 8.20 in Southall. Yep. Tiger O'Toole. Tiger O'Toole. Tiger O'Toole. I like the sound of that. I thought you might. Uh, well, they go at Air, Fosslass, Southall, Beverley and Sedgefield. The 7.30 at Beverley is ours and Dress Up. And Dress Up? Dress Up, that's oh, the dress horse. Dress Up. Dress Up. Not, oh, right. not and Dress Up. Oh, dress sorry, up. Dress Up. Yes. As in, what are you going to do? I'm going to dress up. As in Beverley's going to dress up. As in Beverley's going to dress up. Okay, right. Good. Exactly. Because uh, Claire was actually picking a lot of hers because she liked the colour of the, the, of the jockey's silks. That's reasonable. Which seems funny because, frankly, she couldn't do any worse than you. I was going to say, to be honest, as strategies go, we're kind of scraping the barrel anyway, exactly. I think, so uh, <laughs> whatever it takes. Yes, it was good stuff. So we'll, we'll find out tomorrow whether or not you, you get your chocolate bar. Yeah, well. I don't, I don't hold out much hope. Back to winning ways. Yes. I mean, I'm hoping secretly that uh, we win Eurovision rather than have to give you a chocolate bar. <laughs> is that what it takes, is that, it? That's what it takes to, on, on this day and age. A celebratory uh, bar of chocolate yeah. for Eurovision. Well, I mean, you know, be nice, wouldn't it? Well, I'd rather my horse won, to be honest. Yes, I would as well. All right, we'll find out tomorrow. Nice to have you back. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. There you go, Sam Pittis. So good luck for uh, for that one a little bit later on. I see J- John Warrington's up early this morning. Got to go to a funeral. He's, he's, he said, I've got to catch uh, the 6.42 from Waterloo to Farnborough. 
for a funeral. Poor soul, I must say. Not exactly the best day for a funeral. And uh, my friend Graham's got a, his father's funeral tomorrow. So he's doing the speech. He's doing a speech. He's doing a very good speech because his father saved the lives of, of lots of Jewish people during the war. And they only knew that because they, they got um, a letter from the local mayor. So he's going to mention that at the funeral. Lots of people didn't know it, so it'll be quite a, quite a surprise for them. So that'll be good. hope that all goes well down there. And uh, this story, a very strange story about the ITB bosses, because over in, in television terms, it's all, it's all changing in, in breakfast television. I said, I mean, their, their audience is so pitifully small at GMTV because everybody's turning on the... More people are turning on the radio because, as was proven in a survey only a short while ago, more people trust the radio. More people believe what they hear on the radio. They trust presenters, because I think people think that if somebody's sitting on the television, they're reading an auto cue. Although Peter Andre said on his new chat show, which he's only doing a week, or it might be two weeks at best, he won't be using autocue, we'll be asking the questions that people want to hear. I thought the, the question that uh, people want to hear is, why are you still on the television? But uh, every host they're saying at ITV's GMTV, from Kate Garraway and Andrew Castle to Richard Arnold and weather girl Claire Nazir, will apparently be cast off this summer. The Daily Mail has learnt that the, uh, the boss, Peter Fincham, the daytime controller, Alison Sharman, as well as the incoming editor, Ian Rumsey, are in favour of the move. Adrian Childs will launch this all-new show. Frankly, it sounds as boring as chips, I'm afraid, to me. And uh, they say he'll be teamed up with a female co-host, but as the whisper is, the salary is about 100 grand a year. So all this rubbish that you read about Christine Bleakley and a million pounds, just not happening. Just not happening. It's just, it's hooey to try and get some interest in her because they'll be looking for somebody cheap. Um, they're now saying they think Helen Fosbro could take over. <laughs> Whoever. I have no idea. Uh, they liked her, her screen test... And they're deciding now whether she's too tainted with the scent of old GMTV. They've obviously decided... But I like Claire Nazir doing the weather. I think she's lovely. And, uh, but they're, they're obviously going to have a, a complete, you know, clear-out down there. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they're all getting a bit worried. ITV have finally said, you know, we haven't made any major decisions as yet. But you can tell if the whisperings are starting to come through to the newspaper and the journalists, and eventually somebody... Is, uh, is making some decisions down there. We'll wait and find out. K Kate Garraway, I like Kate Garraway. Uh, her, her contract runs out in August. Penny Smith is lovely. Love Penny Smith to pieces. But uh, they're obviously saying we need to get that audience up. And uh, as I say, at the moment, most people are moving on to, on to radio, which is good news for us. Very good news to us. Uh, another ex of uh, Andy has lost it all, Caroline Stanbury. Yesterday, showing off her enviable post-pregnancy figure, just six weeks ago after giving birth. She's a businesswoman at 30, and she's got a, a children's shoe shop, so she's doing quite well. And strangely enough, the royal biographer, Philip Ziegler, has no time for suggestions that the Duchess of York would have behaved any, any differently had she received a Princess Diana-style divorce settlement. He says, I have no doubt that if Sarah had received a similar amount to Diana, she would have simply blown it. She would have gambled it, squandered it, or something like that. No amount of money would be too much for her. And I have to agree that everything that Sarah Ferguson's ever had, and she's been given, you know, a million pounds here, you know, money for this, lost a million and that, it's just gone. And, and you do think, you can understand it in the case of somebody like Kerry Katona, who you wouldn't have thought would, you know, could be able to sort of handle a, you know, an, a, a cotton bud. But when it's somebody like Sarah who's supposed to be an adult, you, you sort of worry about perhaps they're not being advised properly. Perhaps, perhaps people are, are not looking after them in any way, shape or form. More on uh, Marco Pierre White, Prince Andrew seething as well, and Anne Widdicombe talking about uh, today children as young as 11 should be given some, um, some contraceptive pills 
She says, I mean, she, of course, she, you can well imagine she's not at all in favour of this kind of thing, as indeed would nobody else. But she says, recently I spoke to some immigrant parents about their children whom they brought up here. Their son is going to university next year and has never been allowed to go clubbing. He can visit friends, go to the cinema or play sport, and the family goes out together for meals. I don't know why Anne Whittacombe sort of makes out this is just immigrant families. This is 90% of the families in this country, Anne. They, you know, they don't go to... My, my godchildren don't go to nightclubs. We go out as a family for meals and stuff like that. Why, does it, why do you have to make such a big play on the fact it's an immigrant family? As if it's people, you know, from immigrant families who only do this. Ludicrous to suggest that at all. It's like saying all women over a certain age should be married and shouldn't be spinsters. You know, equally ridiculous. Uh, Half term is next week for a lot of schools. Bank holiday Monday is usually the first day. Well, not round our way, I'm afraid. Now round our way. We've got loads of school. It's different in different areas. Leslie says, my little mechanical dog can turn somersaults, somersaults too. Please don't ask my age. 63? Just guessing. Uh, Stephen says the song is awful, insipid. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a bit bland. It's a nice, nice production. Dave says at least Eurovision is about original songs, unlike the uh, X Factor. Yeah, well, they, they have to do covers, don't they? Yes, I want England to win. The tune is catchy, says Phil. And uh, M says, I like Eurovision so much, I thought it had been on already. Is it late this year? It is late, yes, apparently. Used to watch Eurovision with a passion till it became a political power game between the East Europeans and the rest of Europe. Countries instead of songs. But the songs have always been dire. But you don't watch it for that. What I watch it for is to see how much makeup the East European women can slabber on. And the men as well. Because you've still got men over there who wear very tight white trousers and three-quarter length blonde hair, bleached. And they still do that. And so I like the one... I can't remember who it was years ago, but he was dressed up in tinfoil... And I think he was, a, he was a transvestite. Enus, Venus, Vice, Vice, Enus, Venus. It was hilarious. And he'd stand there, Enus, Venus, Vice, Vice. And it was just, I thought, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. We want more of that kind of thing. And I watched it. And then I liked the other one who came on, who won for Moldova. And she was very good. I can't remember what the Moldovian song was. I always thought they sounded a bit made up, I'm afraid, Moldovia. But I I love their song. It's not a real sort of place. They were all a bit... They looked like they were harking back to Stalinist times. It was just very... But it was such a good song. And then you hear ours, and you think, Pete Waterman has come up with, you know, so many good songs. In fact, the hit factory was churning them out. And that sounds to me like a bottom-draw song. It should be better. It should be a lot better. But it isn't, I'm afraid. But it isn't. But will we vote for it? I mean, as usual, when it comes to the results of the, the British jury, we won't vote for Germany. We'll always give them very low marks. And Germany, remembering the war, give us very low marks. So it becomes terribly political. And it, it, it does make a mockery. But as I say, what we're asking for you to do now, we're asking you to vote for Iceland, OK? This is to pay them back for the Cod War, the blasted volcano and the bank going bust, OK? Because if we vote for them, they'll have to host the contest. And they don't, they don't have any money to do it, so let's give it to Iceland. It is mean, I know, but I don't care being mean when it comes to Eurovision, because nobody takes Eurovision seriously. A lot of people in the audience go, yeah, jumping up and down. I always just remember the old Eurovision orchestra. They could never keep up with anything that resembled a pop tune. Now, I think you can do it to click track, which is actually quite good. Nick Ferrari this morning from Seven, the award-winning breakfast show, right here on LBC 97.3. And uh, he'll be talking today to... Mehdi Hassan, the senior editor for politics at the New Statesman, talking about the mother who took her baby down to the beach at Brighton. The baby got sunburnt because, again, another dumb mother who hasn't got the faintest idea about uh, about sun cream. Thank you, Jess. Oh, yum, yum, yum. 
How nice. What are we celebrating? Was it, oh, we're celebrating Pringles. Oh, how love, I love a Pringle this morning. Okay, it's funny, I was only mentioning them earlier on. I could actually... Oh, I could smell... What's, what's your favourite flavour, actually? Having decided on... Oh, plain. Isn't it funny? I'm, all, I'm also plain. Oh, Paddy McGuinness. We like Paddy McGuinness. We like Paddy McGuinness a lot. Quarter to seven is the time. News headline, Sam Pittis. A charity is warning more than a third of social... Ben Goldhagen, thank you very much indeed. So what they're doing is uh, they, they've got this competition. Uh, they, they've, they've asked people in a recent survey to pick... Uh, their best all-time goal celebration. And at number five, Eric Cantona, puffing his chest out against Sunderland. At number four, uh, 20% of people went for Jürgen Klinsmann, the Klinsmann dive. 25% at number three went for Paul Gascoigne, Gazza in the dentist chair at Euro 96. Roger Miller, dancing at the corner flag in the World Cup. And what's what's the most favourite one? Stuart Pearce going psycho after scoring a penalty against Spain at Euro 96. The modern-day favourites, Tim Carhill, boxing the corner flag, number five. Robbie Keane, forward roll and firing pistols. Remember that one? Is it Nanny? Nanny? Modern-day flips routine. Jimmy Bullard, copying the manager Phil Brown and telling off the teammates. But number one, Peter Crouch, doing the robot. In fact, I think, uh, at the Soho Theatre between one and three, I think Peter Crouch... uh, No, he's not going to be down there. Paddy McGuinness is. And, uh, And Peter, the voice of X Factor, Dixon... And Andrew Starman from Pineapple... Do- oh, the, the producer will love that. Andrew Starman, she'll love that. If you want to find out... You saw Louis in the street. Best place for him. Oh, dear, she loves Louis in the street from Pineapple. It's dreadful. If you want to know more about this survey, go to www.facebook forward slash Pringles and you can find out more. Because people have gone mad. Even down at the Fat Duck in Bray, the house two doors down has been painted white with the, red f- with the England flag on it. And the locals have said it's really brought the area down, you know. This is Bray. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Bray. It's quite posh down there. Lots of posh people live in Bray. It's lovely. It really is nice. But he's painted his house white and put the red flag over it. (laughs) They're furious. Furious down there. The local parish council are up in arms. Can't do things like that. Uh, Oh, those, we told you the other day, over in... um, Over in... I forgot what I was going to say now, actually. What was I talking about? I can't think what I was going to say. I've completely forgotten. Isn't that funny? You have a senior moment at 10 to 7 in the morning because you've got so many things going through your mind thinking, I must remember to tell people about podcasting. Because we had such a funny podcast last Sunday. Alan Dodgen was marginally funny on Tuesday. Marginally funny. I mean, I was funnier. I was much funnier. But he's, he sort of picks up on sometimes the funny bits. In fact, I made him laugh twice this week, so that's, that's quite a record. Noreen's back with us in the real world, which is good news. Because we always like it when, when Noreen comes back to us. Especially after she went away on the holiday and I thought, we're never going to see her again. Never, ever going to see Noreen again. She's going to be stuck there forever, poor soul. But uh, she says, I had the usual hot water bottle tonight. She said, I've noticed you're doing breakfast on Monday. Bank holiday, exactly. I'm in for Nick between 7 and 10. And uh, Jonathan Levi will be in to wander through the bank holiday papers. Because I quite like it when the... Because uh, last bank holiday, I don't think anybody came in. And I suddenly realised that we'd completely forgotten about it. And she says, I heard you now wear trainers. Alan thinks nobody o- uh, over 35 should, but I live in them. I just try and explain to my friend, Graham, because he said to me, he said, you're too old for trainers. I said, listen, I'm diabetic. I'm looking after my feet. I want to make sure that my feet are all right. And he said, oh, right. He said, but, they, but, they, but it doesn't matter because they, they don't actually suit you. I said, no, I don't care whether they suit me or not. It's whether or not I end up keeping my feet or not keeping my feet. Uh, so Nick with you after the news at uh, seven. And oh, we've also got a birthday to celebrate today. I like celebrating. Good Lord. This one here. This is uh, people who are analysing every move, comment and an outfit on Saturday's Eurovision show. 
And people love it. People go go to the... Um, I might go... Should I put some money on Iceland, actually, winning? If you all promise me that you're going to vote for Iceland, I'll be feeling, uh, I'll be feeling a lot better out it. Because if I'm going to go and put a pound on in the bookmakers, then I might stand a chance of winning. Because it, it's quite a catchy song. She's a big girl, the one who's singing. I don't think we're going to... I'm not going to put any money on us. I might try... I, I might go with, with, with Ray's ideas. Because he, he's generally right on this kind of things. And uh, Steve... For someone not keen on the Eurovision, you seem to know an awful lot from the hairstyles and the outfits to the countries and the lyrics. No, no, I am keen on Eurovision. I used to, I mean, it's just I don't go to the Eurovision parties. I don't do that, that kind of thing at all. I, mean, I, I don't feel it's necessary. I prefer to do it privately. I'm a bit of a worshipper at the, at the Shrine of Eurovision. But I think it's been better in recent years. I don't like it now it's all political, because I think it's a bit silly. I don't like. I just feel it's it's stage managed. I still like the sentiment, and it's it's got to be one of the biggest television audiences, I should imagine. No doubt that Christo will be waxing lyrical about it over the weekend. Kevin says, "What is the obsession with Adrian Childs? Boring. Thinks he's funny and not exactly pleasing on the eye. I'm a football fan, and frankly, his presenting style is simply dull. I want someone on morning television who wakes me up, not someone whose voice has the same effect as the snooze button." Well, that's why people listen to the radio, you see. Because re- you trust people as well more. I mean, now you know that he's being paid that much money. Doesn't it make you loathe somebody even more? You know, because if, if I watch somebody on the television, they go, oh, good morning. If they, oh, God, how boring are you? And then you think you're earning that much money for reading an auto cue. No, I'm terribly sorry. I think nowadays we should concentrate on the presentation. And that's why here at LBC we're happy to say that we're on the basic minimum wage, £10 an hour, and happy to be so, you know. Birthdays today. You can tell I'm not telling the truth, can't you? I mean, that's just a straightforward fib. It's just above the minimum wage. Uh, birthday today. 12 years old today. Francesca Rose. Many happy returns of the day. 12 is a good, is a good time to enjoy. 12 is great. I can just... No, I can't. Uh, I can't remember what I did when I was 12. I just cannot remember. Cannot remember. But uh, Francesca Rose. Many happy returns of the day from Nana and Grandpa. And everybody else, mummy and daddy, and everybody who knows you, and everybody at school, they'll all be going, Francesca Rose, you were mentioned on Steve Allen's show on LBC 97.3. So you have a lovely day. Marilyn and Michael, thank you very much indeed. 84850, uh, Another one here from uh, Robert. He says, I've just watched the Ray Allen clip on YouTube. You are so right. Brilliant. Funny. You won't, it, it's just brilliant. It's lovely. It really is. It's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Anthony says, I'm, I'm trying to work out if the Eurovision singing contest is comedy or downright stupid. I think it's a bit of both. I'm not sure who takes it seriously. If you were entering, you, you would think it was serious, wouldn't I mean, I, I would think if, if I was being entered for it and I was singing, I would take it seriously. However, he says, I hate the obvious favouritism from adjoining countries like Turkey favouring Greece or Spain, Portugal. It's outrageous. I'm just wondering who'd support the UK. Uh, hardly anybody, I think. Hardly anybody. I don't know why. People um, people sort of don't support it. I know it becomes a standing joke. Over the over the years, people... You know, at one time, people took it very seriously because it was a singing competition. Now, because it's become a political show, it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? But I still watch it because I just think it's... I just like that glamour and glitter. And most people dress up for it, and that's what I think is, uh, is really good fun. I love it when people dress up. If you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk then you can learn all about podcasting. And from as little as £2 a month, it's much cheaper if you take out six months, you can download every programme, sorry, every programme on LBC. And we go back, I think, about four years. So you can imagine how much good stuff there is on there. Which means that, like Noreen, if you go away on holiday, 
or my friend Graham or anybody else, and you think, oh, I'm going to be lying on a beach. What am I going to listen to? I'm going to miss LBC. You can podcast the programmes, download them, and then just listen to them on the beach, even if you've heard them before. Most of them are dateless. And you can just sort of lie on the beach and sort of chuckle away quite quietly to yourself or sit on an aeroplane. For <laughs> Always amuses you. So go to lbc.co.uk. There's all sorts of photos on there over the years. We've had photos taken. And then uh, we've got all sorts of things. We check out the Steve Allen page, Nick Ferraris. Everybody's got pages on there. So you can check out all the good stuff. Jenny Barnett's got a page. James Max, I think, has got half a page. But uh, everybody's got stuff on there. And if you go to the LBC website, it's, it's well served. Well served. Uh, apparently, Steve Hargrave has just tweeted on Twitter what he played. Handy, because it's sometimes hard getting spellings of band names. I'm, I can never tell half the time. I wouldn't have known how to spell Josh's name, our, our entry for Eurovision. But I do tend to find YouTube's quite good for that. Or filling that Google. You type something in and it says, do you mean? And I go, yes. Uh, the Daily Mirror, I forgive you, which of course we knew Prince Andrew would. Uh, the Daily Star, doesn't matter. And uh, Amanda Platell in the mail, first to see the new Sex in the City movie. And as we say, best-dressed man there was Omid Jalili. That's it for this morning. I'm back with you tomorrow morning, being... Tomorrow's third... Because this week has rocketed through. Only the other day, I'm sure I was saying, you know, it was Tuesday. And now here we are. We're practically getting ready for the weekend again and hoping that the weather is going to ease off just a little tiny bit. Just a little tiny bit. Nick Ferrari is with you after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. As I say, I'm back at 5. Don't forget to check out the podcast and the blog. But before anything else happens, this morning's business update brought to you this morning by Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing down.